Hello and welcome to Sportsbeat After Hours. Mm. I am your host, Hemahemuli Jr. And joining me, as always, my co-host, the local lovable Canuck, Zachary Hicken. What's up? Yeah, we're back. Another episode, another week. We're excited to uh, bring in our guest. Oh my goodness. May I introduce to everybody the king of cougar content, the undisputed badass of BYU football. It is the one, the only, the newest member of KSLSports.com, Mitch, the hitman, Harper. What's up, guys? I, I love that nickname. I'm fully embracing the it. Hit the hitman. I love that. The badass awesome. of BYU football. I'll take that, too. I love it. <laughs> That's what I'm I talking about. I am hyped to be here. Sports beat after hours. Let's roll. Woo! Yeah, we're, uh, we're back, and uh, we're ready to actually talk some BYU content. Apparently, we haven't been doing that enough for uh, <laughs> to keep the fans uh, at bay. It's hard, though. It's so hard talking about BYU sports, being oppressed and <laughs> held back by KSL, who is a known BYU hater. Well, we actually had like a kibosh on this podcast when we launched it. We actually weren't allowed to talk about BYU as like one of mm-hmm. the things that we had to like sign. And so finally, with like the signing of Mitch, they're like, okay, we're going to ease up on this a little bit and yeah. uh, like let loose the reins just, yeah. just a hair. Yeah. So, I mean, Hema, you can actually talk about your dad who <laughs> like won a national championship at BYU. Yes. Despite what everyone says, BYU's national championship, 1984. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mitch, it's so good to have you on the team. We're super excited, and we're also excited. Are we we the first thing you've done here, like, that's not Cougar Sports Saturday? No, he did uh, Unrivaled this week, right? Yeah, I was on Unrivaled, but uh, first podcast, though. Yes. So so on the digital side, yes, first podcast. Excited to do this with you guys, and uh, yeah, it's been great being here at uh, you know the legacy home of BYU. Yet, nonetheless, the the I didn't realize that BYU fans were <laughs> had this opinion that KSL hated BYU. It's I, insane. Oh, we get like so many tweets and like emails and calls, and just it's it's absurd. It's, it's one it's of the most. So it's crazy. one of the strangest things that you would think that since we air the games. We also have a three-hour show that's dedicated <laughs> to just BYU sports. We have no other team that we cover quite as extensively as the Cougars. But for some reason, we still hate BYU. And it's like, for for years, you know, David Nixon has been doing our uh, BYU breakdowns on Sports Speed on Sunday nights and during football season. But still, it's not enough. Well, the TV voice of the Cougars is an anchor here. <laughs> but KSL still hates BYU. Yeah, Don't insane. forget it. Well, Mitch, for the people out there who aren't familiar with uh, your work or, or whatnot, go ahead and introduce yourself. Maybe just yeah, give us a little Yeah, tell us info. about your responsibilities here at BYU, or sorry, not at BYU, at the <laughs> anti-BYU station at KSL, <laughs> and then we'll backtrack a little bit afterwards. Yeah, yeah. so I came here over, uh, came from ESPN 700 and ESPN 960. I was working with Ben Criddle and Cougar Sports and the Bill Riley Show. Uh, you know, been working in radio for about, you know, five, six years now, and and uh, coming over here has been great. I'm going to be on kslsports.com doing a lot of digital content for BYU coverage, also reviving the Cougar Tracks brand. Sweet. Greg Rebell once made that uh, a, a big thing here at KSL. We're going to get that revived, and it's going to be really robust, and we're going to have great content coming through 1160 AM and 102.7 throughout the football and basketball season, and then also daily podcasting as well. So a lot of BYU content going to be coming your way on kslsports.com, and then, of course, co-hosting uh, with Matt Biamonte from 12 to 3 um, here on KSL News Radio, Cougar Sports Saturday, taking the shoes of Alex Keery. I know that that was something that was very precious to him, eight years mm-hmm. working Saturdays with uh, Dave Noriega and Rebel and yep. all that guy, all those guys back then, Shep. Uh, so big shoes to fill, and uh, excited to to get on board in, in this new exciting chapter because it's a really exciting time in BYU right now. Kalani's on the mm-hmm. on the cusp of, I think, doing some special things, and of course Mark Pope. So uh-huh. really great time to come and start covering BYU for for KSL. Yeah, we're we're excited to have you. Hopefully, with all this new refreshed BYU content, Rebel will follow me again. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to follow t- me too. He unfollowed <laughs> me as well. <laughs> Only time me as well. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm in the uh, Unfollowed by Greg Rubel Club. We, we're thinking about making shirts for it. <laughs> Do you think you'd like that? I think we might need to. 
<laughs> he probably wouldn't like that. No, but probably they would, not. It would it's be okay. Hilarious. We won't do it. We really won't. Rubel um, will probably have a stat though on it. In yes. years that there's been dip years at BYU <laughs> and the shirts the, to the shirt to loss ratio. No, I, I love Gregory. Gregory's great. I mean, women's yeah, soccer, anything great. he can give a great stat, a great analytics and passion. Behind that, so the and like you, a Canuck of the Cougars. Yes. So that's that's <laughs> yes, fantastic. A Canuck of the Cougars. I like that. Um, but yeah, I as far as Mitch's background. Um, oh yeah, I think Talk your first that. start was like you got your start in the podcasting right. genre with Cougar Center with Bean Mace. That was actually the first BYU centric podcast that I ever listened to. Listened to it forever, yeah. and like I actually Me went too. back and downloaded all the old episodes. And we were even talking to Jeremiah uh, before you officially came over. I think it was last Friday. Um, Jeremiah was telling us that he recorded an episode in your living room yes. with you and Bean. What? He did, yes. <laughs> 2011 Mountain West Tournament preview. So we're talking Kawhi. We're talking Jimmer. Yeah, right. We're previewing all that. And Jeremiah Jensen, this was like our seventh episode. We sent him a tweet because back then it wasn't DM. It was just literally tweeting at the person. Right. You yeah. didn't do DMs back then. And uh, we, we tweet at JJ. He's like, hey. Because he said something about BYU, and I think it was something I, I disagreed with. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I said you should come on uh, the Cougar Center podcast and talk and, and you know chop it up with with Bean and I uh, at our at our Cougar Center studio. Not as nice as this. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he sure enough, he's like, sure, I'll, I'll come. I'm like, huh? This is this is how this works? It's this easy getting a, a renowned TV presence coming onto our podcast? But yeah, it was it was kind of a blessing. It was all about timing. Uh, we started the podcast. December 2010, and we were consistently producing weekly episodes every week for about five, six years. Mm. And, uh, you know, it, just had, it had a niche. It, you know, BYU fans really enjoyed it. Uh, sometimes very volatile takes, but nonetheless, yeah. uh, we try to captivate uh, a, a, a portion of the fan base that maybe was going unheard. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And being, uh, he lives in Portland now doing uh, good things. I, I've always, uh, I always loved being, he's a good friend of mine. He was the best man at my wedding. Bean and I go way back. So, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up because, yeah, really, that's how I got my start when and kind of just thinking of what things work on radio and, and kind of developing a passion for radio and creating BYU content mm-hmm. was through that podcast. Yeah, and that's then awesome. Lawless Republic as well. Mm-hmm. Since then, fan-sided has just completely died. That site was awesome. It was, it was fire. Awesome. It was lit. I... It was in my bookmarks, and I would check it all the and, time. And the name of that site was because people go Lawless Republic. What yeah. does that mean? Uh, Greg Rebel, bringing it back to Greg again. He came on the Cougar Center podcast and said, "Mitch Bean, you're you're the Lawless Republic, nestled in the heart of Cougar Nation." That's a great, great <laughs> and, impression, so by great. the way. And um, <laughs> and so after that, we then said we're going to name it LawlessRepublic.com. I don't know if the current iteration of lawless republic into writers know what that name means i think wow. they just kind of go they probably don't yeah, I, mean, I don't know i didn't know that and i like you know i read it all the time yeah. so yeah that was that's the genesis behind that name is is rebel said it's the law we're the lawless republic nestled in the heart of cougar nation oh, that's so. so cool and it was great greg actually reached out to me after i announced that uh i was coming here to ksl sports and he he congratulated me and said he's excited to see Cougar tracks get revived, so I really and then he appreciate Greg. You on Twitter. Yes, he did unfollow <laughs> me on Twitter. So uh, awesome. Well, let's. Uh, as far as reminiscing from the past, we have a lot of stories that we could probably go over, but oh, I know. we want to jump forward because BYU fans, if we're going to send this out to the BYU mass, they want BYU content, no doubt. Yeah. And so we have Media Day coming up about a week and a half away. Um, Mitch. What are your storylines to watch for BYU Media Day this year? Well, I think one of the big things is Kalani Satake heading into year four. I kind of view it as a year two because of how mm-hmm. he got his staff you know, mm-hmm. last year. So to me, it's year two. But in the grand scheme of things, it's year four. And he's at a point where we're talking, does he deserve a contract extension? I think he does. And I think that he should have got a contract extension. But nonetheless, he hasn't received that. I'm, I'm very fascinated to see where the program goes in year four because I still think that, that stench of 2017 – isn't completely removed yet. There's still that thought that BYU in any given week can beat a Wisconsin, but at the same time they can lay an egg against a Northern Illinois and only get six <laughs> yeah. points. So they're this kind of Jekyll and Hyde program. I think that's one of the reasons why you haven't seen a contract extension go uh, to Kalani Sataki. So I think he's a huge storyline. But I also think, you know, Zach Wilson and his shoulder, where is he at as far as, you know, his, you know, getting back to full strength and being ready for the season? Because I think, again, you know, so many BYU fans have seen these quarterbacks, their freshman years, have such great years. They look like the next 
next big thing, but then they regress. And you mm-hmm. could say that for a lot of different positions, but quarterback in particular has been a spot where guys haven't made progress and maximized their potential. So I think those are the two biggest storylines, but I mean, we could get really granular too with it as well. And I think that's kind of my specialty, but I don't know if that's where, but in the grand scheme of things, I think those are the biggest storylines that I look at hitting in a media day. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Tom Holmo said uh, during his roundtable earlier this year in January that Kalani knows where he stands. Tom knows where Kalani stands. But we, as the media and fans, don't know where Kalani stands right now. And they said, let's play or something. He's like, like, you good? I'm good. Let's play. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like, who is he? Like, are we good, Tom? <laughs> Let's play ball. Like, Let's play all, right. Ball. all right. Uh, yeah, another storyline that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I believe this is a contract year for BYU and ESPN for television rights. And so looking to see where those go. Um, uh, maybe getting some information on on uh, the, the contract being ex- extended. Because typically they normally have like one big announcement Uh at media day. Um, I, I, I feel like we actually didn't get a big announcement last year in terms of like a scheduling agreement, but maybe we will this year. Maybe there's going to be a new game that's going to be scheduled or uh, they they may announce uh, the ESPN contract being extended. And I think that Tom Holma, you mentioned him, is he, he is another storyline when you talk about that state of the program. I think last year I went away from that state of the program and kind of felt – does BYU have a vision of where they're going to be in this next wave of realignment? Do they know mm-hmm. where they stand in the college football hierarchy? And I, I kind of want to feel like a, there's a vision. Uh, last year, I kind of came away thinking there wasn't much of one. Yes, they got the extra year picked up with ESPN, but you expected that. So then yeah. they're in year nine, the final year, like you said, with ESPN. I think ESPN loves BYU. I think that because BYU is willing to fill any time slot that ESPN uh, wants them to, and they're pretty pretty cheap compared to most mm-hmm. other brands in college football as far as TV dollars are concerned. So they'll re-up, but, I mean, what type of money will they get? We can only speculate. But Tom Holm was another big storyline to me. I want to see what he says in that state of the program. I know it's kind of, you know, maybe scripted a little bit, and they're, yep. they're going over the questions beforehand. But still, I want to hear some d- direct examples of, of where he feels the program is, the expectations he has, and then also big picture where they stand in the college football hierarchy because now you're seeing new commissioners in college football. Are there relationships there? Because Tom's a relationships guy. Mm-hmm. I think those are important things that I want to hear come out of media day from Tom. I'm really excited to see where the uh, running backs go, um, how that situation looks as soon as the season gets a little bit closer. I mean, if you know me, I'm a sucker for running backs. <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, with uh, – you know what's happening with Lopini Katoa? Like, what's he? What's going on with him? What's how do the transfers fit into the whole scheme of things? Like Tyson uh, Williams, 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 Williams. Yeah, um, I, I'm really excited to see what happens with that because you know if. if Anything last year, the running back depth was like not quite there. Uh, wasn't as solid as I would have liked it to be. Yeah, it's hard to replace. It was hard to, yeah, like you said, replace Jamal Williams yeah. and um, Squally, who was the guy who was kind of slotted in as number one, mm-hmm. uh, struggled with injuries, and so there was kind of a little bit of a rotation. And you got good production from the guys that you did get production from, but yeah. three of the four leading rushers are leaving. Yeah, and so. Uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting, and it's always good to hear from those players about their expectations for the season, their personal expectations, the team expectations, and a lot of it is fluff, but it's good content. And good I think, content yeah. People eat it up. And I think also with those running backs, I mean, you go back to February, I would have said, man, outside of Lopini Cato, I don't know what you can reasonably expect from that position. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Kavika Fanua to go through spring, which I thought was surprising because yeah. I was expecting him to still be out. I thought that was noteworthy. And he got another year of eligibility, right? Too. Yeah. So that means I think the good thing with this running back room is that there's now competitive depth there. I put a, out a piece right now in KSL Sports. I feel like this is the most depth BYU's had in the Independence era. Mm-hmm. I think Kalani from from one to eighty five the scholarships. I look at it now and I think there's a lot of quality players. Whereas before I would have said, you know, maybe four or five years ago, there's about thirty guys that do they deserve a scholarship. Now I feel like Kalani's really boasted that yes. roster and the running back position is a prime example of that. And they get, they're getting really creative with assembling that roster. I mean, they got turned down so many times at the running back position. Aiden Robbins goes to Louisville. Deshaun Collins goes to Cal. Mm-hmm. Thomas Grayson goes to Kansas State. They still kept recruiting, and then they got Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Zook. But I think, too, the transfer portal is going to be something that's very advantageous for BYU. It's going to help yes. a lot of programs. But now they know that these kids can be recruited, 
And then when these kids announce, hey, I got an offer from BYU, and then, oh, by the way, I committed to BYU, it puts all the pressure on BYU's admissions to say, we, we got to get it done. We don't want to yeah. be these people that are the ones, you know, bringing down BYU football because yeah. it'll be like, hey, Kalani and, and, and AJ Stewart, we did our job. We got this kid to commit. Yeah. Now you got to deliver. So all of a sudden, these grad transfers are coming in. Good things are happening in the assembly of the roster. I think that's why you're seeing a lot more depth, particularly at the running back position. Well, I think the composition of the roster itself is very different than what we've seen in the Independence era. Uh, before, it was very heavy with like linebackers and yeah. uh, defensive linemen and not a lot of offensive linemen or defensive backs. Now there are tons of them and they're very deep in those positions. I mean, we saw uh, Trevion Green announced that he's transferring. He was expected to potentially compete for a starting position, but uh, it, it sounds like according to reports that it may have been, he may have not had a scholarship this season. And so that's why he decided to leave. But yeah, uh, the composition is very different. I mean, you have legit, Two um, two positions of depth at each offensive line position. Uh, it, it's going to be good. It's a promising season for the Cougars, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, so like you said, Mitch, not only are we excited about BYU football, BYU hoops is looking on the up and up. Yeah. Not only did we get Mark Pope, I mean, as we all know, but we also poached some of the best players from UVU along with Pope. Um, talk a little bit about what you're most excited for. Well, for and you had a chance to hoops. meet with Coach Pope earlier right. this week in a roundtable. And so what were your main takeaways from that? Yeah, yeah let's, I, let's start there. I think with Pope, I, I think that this guy, BYU basketball now is 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 looking and operating like um, like a top 50 basketball program. I, I view BYU basketball to have a higher ceiling to me than BYU football because I think basketball – um, I mean, the VCUs, the Butlers, yes. BYU can be that. And I think mm-hmm. BYU in basketball can consistently be a top 25 team. And now we're starting to see grad transfers once again bringing that up. They seem like they're being able to get into the program now. So if you can get the grad transfer element added to this program and you got a coaching staff that now is selling 24-7 relentless, that's going to bode well for BYU. And they're still going to be active in, in uh, re- uh, assembling this roster. There's potentially going to be another scholarship open. They're currently full with the 13. They do have the full 13 this year. Last year they were down one scholarship. But uh, they might get creative with it, and some guy might have a medical retirement. Who knows? But I would imagine that Pope and this staff are going to find a way to continue to get this roster even better. And we heard it back in April when he had his in, in uh, introductory press conference that uh, he's not into realistic expectations, and I love that because mm-hmm. I feel like he understood these like buzzwords, these key terms that BYU fans were complaining about, yes. uh, relentless and, and all this work ethic, recruiting internationally. He hit on all these things, and early returns are suggesting that he's delivering on that. He goes to Africa to see Matty Sissico. Nick Robinson goes to Australia to, to offer or recruit a handful of kids. So uh, I just love what's happening right now. Uh, for BYU basketball, and I feel like this new renewed sense of energy alone can maybe create where they get back to that 20-win threshold, and then mm-hmm. maybe they're that bubble team. It's still kind of hard to imagine them as a six-seed or a five-seed because just the limitations in the WCC, but there's no reason to think they can't be a perennial bubble team at large and, and vying for an NCAA tournament bid. Especially with the firepower that they have this year. Adding Yoli is huge. Yes. That was the biggest offseason move that they could have made just because of the lack of depth no that doubt. they had in the front court. Mm-hmm. And then adding Jake Toulson, WAC player of the year. Uh, Ian Harward, he sounds like he's uh, going to be applying for a uh, hardship waiver. And yep. if he's able to play, the way he played in the second half of the season – he was a premier big in the WAC. And yes, you may say that it's the WAC, but he was dominant in the tournament. He stepped up big when injuries came, and he may have been the best big in that uh, on, on that Wolverine roster. And so it was big for BYU to get him, um, as, as well as Wyatt Lowell. But uh, yeah, one thing that you hit on earlier was the grad transfer market. LJ Rose in 2016 was the first uh, uh, grad transfer that BYU ever added. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're going after grad transfers. They're finding ways that they can piece together a roster uh, and find guys, and this is something that Coach Pope learned at UVU, is, hey, you know what, I may have to go after unconventional, go through unconventional means to get unconventional guys to build a quality program until I can get my recruits in year in and year out Mm -hmm. for four years. And so we saw that at UVU, and he's continuing that trend at BYU, and he's getting quality guys, and 
there's a presence too that we haven't seen before with the previous roster. I mean, I I think um, Tim Lacombe was the only one that we ever really saw on Twitter, and it was like updates of him uh, in his travels, but and uh, s- some recruiting, and you know, some of the guys that when when they signed, he'd, he'd give them a shout out. And I but. think you hit on something there. I think because that previous staff. None of them are in coaching right now. No. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I believe uh, Quincy Lewis is at Tempview High, I believe. Yes, yeah. Um, but other than that, they're, they're not in college basketball. Um, and I think it's kind of like football in the sense of 2017. That whole entire offensive staff, people were up in arms saying, Kalani, how could you do this? But the market spoke, and none of those guys were hired by college football programs. Yeah. And, and I think that that alone maybe is a little bit of an indictment of, you know, where some guys like an Eric Mika, Elijah Bryant, they didn't come back because maybe they didn't feel like their talents were going to be maximized. Now I get the sense that, you know, Pope is selling uh, a vision that uh, guys are buying in, including Yoli Childs. I was stunned that Yoli Childs oh, came absolutely. back. Uh, that was shocking to me because I thought there's no way. I mean, he's got the agent. I know you could come back with an age and whatnot, but it just it didn't feel like there was any chance he was coming back. But for him to come back, I mean – my goodness, like Mark Pope is is winning the day down in Provo already and doing some really good things that BOU basketball just hasn't had done in a few years. Yeah, I think the biggest thing uh, with Yoli coming back is I think, to me, it tells me that he's taken it very seriously, this, the game, but that he also wants to play at the next level. Yeah. I know that when he was being shopped around, you know, um, in the offseason or whatever, looking to see where his fit was um, – he got feedback that said, like, you need to work on some things or some certain things you need to um, learn how to do. And so I think him coming back is, like, him humbly taking that advice yeah. and being able to um, truly, honestly work on what he needs to, which I think is good for him and also good for BYU. Well, what it shows is that he believes in the staff that he can grow to be the player that he needs to be uh, to play at the NBA level. Mm-hmm. After his sophomore year, he tested the draft waters. He was told that he needs to extend his range, be able to shoot a three, and be able to play more of like a, a three role than a four or back to the basket guy uh-huh. that he had done in his, in his first two seasons at BYU. The athleticism was there, but they just wanted to see, hey, you know what? Can you stretch? Can you defend out on the perimeter? So he goes back and he has a, a great offensive season and he tests the waters again. And from what it sounds like, from his press conference was that he got some feedback that he needed to improve his defense. And mm-hmm. so his goal this year is uh, uh, WCC Defensive Player of the Year. And Coach Pope, the one quote that stood out to me from his press conference was, I believe that Yoli has the talent to change the narrative of the type of player that he is. And that's powerful stuff from a coach that yeah. um, is, Didn't is willing to put in the work <laughs> yeah. and is pretty much living in the Marriott Center annex. Yeah. He's willing to put in the work with Yoli to help him achieve his goals that he he is looking to achieve this yeah. year. So awesome. So it's just, you know, for me, it's just so great because, like, you know, he could have easily just brushed that all off when played in Europe, you know. But, um, yeah, he's sticking to his guns. And uh, I like serious Yoli. We'll <laughs> yeah. see what happens. I, and I like, too, guys. I mean, and you guys on the TV side, they're, they're actually an interesting story. I mean, BYU yeah. basketball, when was the last time they were interesting? This year, I mean, I still think there's sure. going to be some ups and downs. I don't think it's necessarily going to be Yoli comes back. I mean, Yoli, last I checked, hasn't went to an NCAA tournament. He hasn't led a winning team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a, a, something that has to be instilled now in the offseason. They got that Italy trip coming up in August. But BYU's basketball is going to be interesting. I think fans are actually going to look forward to November and seeing them come in. they got a good schedule, too. Nevada's going to come to Provo, Mississippi yeah. State, UNLV at the Vivint Smart Home Arena, Maui Invitational. So there's a lot of opportunities, I think, in the non-conference to learn how good or how much progress needs to take place. But it should actually be a fun team this year to cover. Yeah, it's a- BYU hoops is interesting for like the right reasons now. Like, yeah, right. we're talking about them on the news for good reasons. Yeah, and I, I, that makes me happy. Um, let's let's move on to so Zach texted this question to us, and I think it's really interesting. So the reason I did this Kay. is because Mitch is a wealth of Cougar knowledge. Yeah, he's like, like uh, Mitch Oracle. could probably if I asked him what was in the 1974 media guide <laughs> for Game Four, he could probably tell me sure what it was. Yeah. Um, but so I wanted to kind of get into and not put him too much on the spot. So I gave him the question ahead of time. Like, who are your favorite Cougars of all time? And we're talking like basketball, football. Heck, we could go softball, softball. if we want to. Track and field, <laughs> Track and baseball. Field. 
Um, yeah, Mitch, have you thought of, have you, okay, take a, take a moment, take a breath. Let's start with your third. I, I, I've thought about this. My third guy, and he's going to be on the hardwood, and okay. this is a very outside the box. I, I have mm-hmm. a, now let me just disclaim, or just kind of put this out there. I don't know if KSL realizes, I didn't want to bring it up, but I, I, I'm proud of this. I have a legion of, of, of fans called the Mitchites. The Mitchites, yes. <laughs> and we I like was a, waiting for them to come up. And we like <laughs> we like these athletes that don't fit the BYU bill. And they okay. and like and it just they don't seem like BYU guys, but then they come here and they ball out and they have a great experience, at least for in this guy's case, one year. And me as a young kid, uh, starting to like BYU, I really took to this guy. He was kind of my favorite player and it and because of that and nostalgia and whatnot uh i'm gonna put number three uh ron salise wow. bou basketball player okay. 97 okay. 98 <laughs> out of oak out of oakland steve cleveland said he was probably he would have been an nba player he would have been the 90s version of paul george had wow. he stayed at byu but you know things kind of got in the way uh you know he got arrested honor code i get all that yeah, but yeah. i spoke with him uh, we had him on uh, another station uh, a couple weeks back, and he still loves BYU. He still checks in and watches them once in a while. So, wow. Ron Solis, number three for That's me. That's awesome. That's high praise from uh, That's Steve really Ke- cool. Cleveland, who actually did coach Paul George. Yes, exactly. Uh, in college. So, at hey, Fresno State. Let's move on to number two. Number two, football, going to the gridiron, Max Hall. Really loved Max Hall. Max Hall was yeah. a guy that uh, I love the – the fiery attitude, the competitive nature. Obviously, the the quote was was uh, infamous, if you will. But I mean, I think that uh, I just loved how he was so competitive and how and he was the the winningest quarterback in BYU history. That that means a lot. I mean, when you're the number one at a position that still fills its at a place that fills stills, it's known for its quarterbacks. Yeah. He's the winningest one, and. Not many guys can say they did it at a high level for three years. I mean, you go back in time and Steve Young's two-year starting. I mean, there's not many guys at BYU that were good for three years. And Max Hall, I mean, 10-plus wins each season. He was fantastic. So he's my number two guy. That's really cool. I, I, I really dig where you're going with this because, like, that's one of the reasons why I like Kalani, especially coming off of, like, the Bronco era is just, like, he's not afraid to yell and scream and throw yes. stuff mm-hmm. on the sideline. and. Um, you like that, that passion. It's that attitude. Yeah. yeah. It's the attitude. Like my, you know, my dad always told me like, um, you know, go to church on Sundays, you know, do the right thing. But when you step on the field, you break that other guy's mouth. Yeah. It's like yes. what you're supposed to do. And, uh, I, yeah, that attitude has been lacking for a little while. And so I like that you, uh, brought that back. And a shameless plug, uh, Cougar Sports Saturday, Kalani's going to be on the show, uh, yes. coming up on that Saturday. Awesome. He will be on, uh, 1220. I believe so. Uh, Cougar Sports Saturday. Kalani's going to be on uh, coming up this Saturday on uh, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. So tune into that, Cougar fans. But number one for me, um, you know, and, and maybe I, I, I was torn because should I go with him? Because I, I didn't watch him. I didn't watch him. I wasn't okay. born. But I read a lot about him and I watched. Roland Minson. I want, that, <laughs> that's Roland Minson basketball. <laughs> <laughs> 1951 NIT champs put some respect on on Roland Minson's name. Actually spoke with him. Crazy story. Roland Minson, 85 years old. He is still a guy that's sharp as can be. Roll because wow. after that whole Bill Walton, yeah. uh, that's Roland Minson basketball. basketball. Like I gotta find Roland <laughs> yeah. to see if he heard that call. And sure enough, he did. And that's he awesome. was uh, cool. he was proud to hear his name. But uh, hangs up in the rafters at the Marriott Center. But, but no, uh, for me, it's it's Jim McMahon because I feel oh, like yeah. he represents. Uh, like what BYU football uh, can be where, you know what, I, I, I guess that athlete as far as off the field behavior, maybe that doesn't fly as much these days. <laughs> um, I mean, according to some, maybe some, if they get their way, they could get the honor code completely reformed to the point where uh, Jim McMahon's behaviors are totally accepted. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. not my that's not my wheelhouse. But uh, uh, Jim McMahon for me, I, I just love the the highlights. And I remember the. The video, the greatest moments in BYU football history, and you hear dedication, honesty, <laughs> loyalty, commitment, and it was like a guy like Jim McMahon, like <laughs> slinging the rock, and he yeah. drops back, and he's in Aloha Stadium, he slings it, he's just got that great oh, form, that great mechanics, Jim McMahon for me, awesome dude. So I'm gonna uh, make a plug for, well, I, I don't know if it's a plug, but mention uh, my f- stop before here was at BYU TV, yeah. and uh, they have all the archives of. All the games that uh, dating back to 1979, 
have one game from that season. I believe it's the San Diego State yes. game that ABC. aired on ABC. And yeah. so one project last summer um, that I put together is I went through like all these games and archived footage of um, all these legacy players. Uh, and it was probably the best part of that job was just going through all this old footage and um, finding all these players and actually getting to watch their highlights and experience it for myself visually rather than hearing these stories or reading about them. And uh, it, it was eye-opening to just the history and the legacy that BYU has. So um, That's we actually have a pretty good archive here, though. So, Mitch, if you ever want to dig into that, we'll yeah, we'll show cool. you how. We'll I, show you where all the BYU archive is. I definitely want to dig into that archive. But you, you touched something there, Zach. And I think that's one of the things about what makes this fan base so passionate, BYU, that is, is that, you know, they there's a portion of this fan base and that that experience BYU as a national power that was kind of yeah. nationally renowned as this juggernaut that you knew what was coming, but you still couldn't stop them offensively. And, you know, that's why these kind of times where you're seeing seven and six, four and nine, it's been tough to stomach. And then there's another portion of the fan base that's like, this is all they've known. They're they're now this second rate, at least perceived second rate program to Utah. Utah's in the power five. It's an interesting dynamic in the fan base because is, yeah. there's these like eras where national powerhouse and that's what they wanted to be when there's others that are like hey like accept the realities like honor code limitations academic mm-hmm. limitations just be happy to have a football team it makes for an interesting dynamic and a one that that this this uh you know out media outlets love covering is because this fan base has so many opinions and uh the unique eras that this program is created with the, the type of production and winning and, and storylines, it, it's kind of fascinating when you look back and, and think about it over, over the past decades. Yeah, I, I like to think about it like this. Like, the era now we're in is quite the era. In fact, like, I think about it all the time, like, what if Jimmy Mack had Twitter back in the day? <laughs> yeah. Or, like, what if people had Facebook when he was mm-hmm. at BYU? Like, there's no way. Like, all these guys that we talk about that we love so much, it's like, if they were here in this era, it probably wouldn't fly. Yep. And so that's kind of a reality check for me that like a lot of BYU people that remember the glory seasons and the glory eras kind of forget. It's like this, we're in a totally different time. And so you yeah. just got to roll with it. Yeah. So uh, not only is BYU kind of a media circus right now with all the different storylines <laughs> going on, but Mitch is a big Lakers fan. And I don't think there's a bigger media circus that's going on in the world than the most media-driven sport, which is the NBA, than the Los Angeles Lakers. How you doing, Mitch? Yeah, are you you doing all right? I'm not holding up okay. I mean, (laughs) I haven't contemplated trading LeBron. I haven't entertained those thoughts. Okay, see, that was my next question. I'm not that person. No way. You can't trade LeBron. No way, no how. He's been a blessing to the Lakers. But still... Man, they are a mess right now. That's one thing about the Jazz fans is that you know take take solace in knowing that you got a fan, you got a pro, uh, organization that is consistent. There's stability uh, there. Whereas the Lakers, Jeannie Buss has let this thing run into the ground to the point where I feel like she's now entering that territory of one of the worst owners mm-hmm. in professional sports. I think she's getting wow. that James Dolan level. I mean, I don't think there's any saving this unless LeBron can pull a rabbit out of his hat and tell Griff over at New Orleans, hey, do me a solid, man. I got you a chip in Cleveland. You need to do me a solid and send AD over here. He don't want to play for you. Uh, you take this package, Alonzo, LeVar, take all those guys, take uh, take Brandon Ingram, take all those guys, and uh, bring AD to Lakers. If they don't get him, I just don't see a scenario where they get a free agent. I just yeah. don't. I think you know, guys like you know, you're going to talk about maybe Jimmy Butler, DeMarcus Cousins are going to be probably the top the highest rated free agents that the Lakers could possibly get. And I think they might even stay where they're at. So the Lakers are in a tough spot, and if they don't get a big trade done, they might have some dark years ahead that continue on the six, seven years they've already experienced. So I know you're a big uh, big baller brand. You're yes. a big baller. Used, used to be. Used to be a big baller brand fan. I actually own a uh, Lonzo Ball shoe. Oh, just one. Cool. Just There's like a, a YouTube a YouTube video series. It's like big in Utah County, but it's, it's a national thing. That, that What's Inside oh, guy. Oh, yeah, What's Inside Where they, yeah. they cut things open. It's like fascinating. Like, oh, we got this, you know, shoe. We're going to cut it open and see what's inside. Well, they cut open one of the big baller brand shoes. Whoa. The other shoe, they like, there's a giveaway. 
And it was the first thing I ever won in my life since, the, like, I think a Scoutorama back when I was, like, nine years old. I won a Super Soaker. I was the cool. it thing. Awesome. Like, uh, chicks wanted me back then when I was, like, nine years old. Yeah. I had a Super Soaker, that green and yellow oh, and orange yeah. one. Vintage Super Soaker. But this was the first thing I won, I won since. And uh, uh, part of me thinks it was a little bit rigged because I thought – uh, the What's Inside guy I found out is a big BYU fan. Like okay. he's a booster, oh. so I was like, maybe he's doing me a solid. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, I appreciate the gesture. He's and, a Mitchite. Uh, maybe he's a Mitchite. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I own one big baller brand shoe worth two four hundred dollars. I believe they are. Yeah. So I That's proudly awesome. own that. For one is four hundred dollars. Yeah, dude, they were insanely expensive. In fact, uh, you had like a well, Ben Criddle. Yes, like had the like Riddler. a GoFundMe. Yes, to he did. Raise you some money to get you a big baller brand and shoes. We wow. legitimately raised a hundred twenty-five dollars to those so people I think out you there. Got a pair of Jordans, right? Yes, he got me a pair of Jordans. But I was like, Ben, pl- please don't do a GoFundMe. <laughs> like, let's let's we don't. I don't need it that bad. Like, yeah. I'm fine. Like, I, I I'm I don't need it that bad. So. Yeah. Are you a shoe guy? I love me some shoes. Okay. I, I I wish I had more. I, I used to have a lot more before I was married. Marriage uh, will get rid yeah, of all that. I'm stuff. married, three kids, so yep. my my I'm I'm not as much of a sneakerhead as I once was. But uh, yeah, I like a good fresh pair of shoes. I actually have like these new these Nike Air Max. Are like this collaboration with this Japanese brand Atmos. I believe is what oh, it is. Yeah. They're like these, all these different Air Max logos compared to one. That's kind of my oh, my cool. fresh pair of sneakers that I got right now. Nice. That's pretty dope. Are there any shoes you're looking forward to to dropping soon or? Um, like I don't know. Like I, I really like the. Uh, I, I always like the Lebrons. Those big, like I, yeah. I love Lebron shoes. I think those are those always look sweet. Clean. Uh, but I, I, I'll admit I haven't sp- stayed up to speed with like the latest uh, release. I did see the Kyrie Friends uh, pair of shoes. Yeah, that those were. Pretty I thought cool. those were pretty cool because. I'll admit I was a sucker for friends back in the day when I was a kid. So, and uh, so yeah, I, I like I, I love a fresh pair of shoes. Going to Foot Locker, getting a nice pair of sneakers. I always enjoy that. I'll say nice, on the Sports Beat After Hours podcast, we stand Donovan Mitchell. We do stand and his Donovan. shoes. We are looking forward to uh, the release date. Me and my whole family are getting fitted as soon as those drop. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm gonna have a. Pair I'm not gonna do my whole wear. family, but I'm gonna definitely gonna get myself a pair. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, Hema actually has something here for you yes we want to record your uh, reaction we probably should have done this before (laughs) the lakers talk yeah i know but i think we should probably at least boost your spirits with what hema has and not have you so down in the dumps with (laughs) the dumpster fire that lakers are yes we'll just brush that aside move past the lakers let's let's look at some good times here um (laughs) no so i have like a collection of old old program inserts right or the oh yes back in the day byu programs would come with a centerfold yes and uh i wanted to show you just some of the collection that i have here um we'll start at the top oh wow ksl zone uh jason buck this is amazing Buck Fever, you you know Emma, the the path to my heart because I loved the BYU centerfolds as a kid. You know, you'd have the centerfold. Some some might have the scantily clad women. Yes, I didn't have that. I had a lot of Fully offensive linemen yeah. protecting Steve Sarkeesian, dressed up as secret agents protecting yeah. Steve Sarkeesian. This is amazing. Buck Fever, Jason Buck, and I think in this photo too, I'm I'm pretty sure the story goes. He was saying, go to the Mountain West in this photo. <laughs> he was saying before the photo yes. was taken, he said, go to the Mountain West. That's, That's awesome. amazing. Uh, yeah, so let's move on to the next one. Oh, my goodness. And we're going to tweet out pictures of yeah, all Yeah, we'll show oh you guys pictures of what we're looking at. We'll put them in order, too. Holy cow. This is a – oh, Thor Salanoa, J.C. Von yeah. Collin. I thought you'd like this. It's called the This poster is called The Wrecking Crew, and like it's got a bunch of uh, linebackers on it. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, Thor Salanoa. Um, I don't know. It's just a good one. They're in front of like a, where are they? Like a car dump or something. Yeah, like where they got all these like misused parts. You know, the thing is, I always like have wondered, you know, where did they? Why did they go away from this? Maybe players just said they hated that. Yeah, they hated doing it because guys like Duff probably said, "Hey, can you go to this like junkyard with all these messed up car parts? Like, and leave your daily lift to go take this photo? Like, really? I I don't want to do that." Because like David Almodova and those guys in marketing, they do a fantastic job, but like. Stuff like this, the creativity cool. is just not there like it once was. Like, get in front of a green screen and scream. Like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. But th- this is the type of stuff but I, I let's, loved. Let's be honest. Maybe like I think they've gone to more video content too. Yeah, but that's yeah, true. go ahead. But like eighty percent of the posters are dope. Yeah, and yes. like the other twenty are kind of like meh. Like, 
Yeah. They're like, like the Mormon messages. The Mormon messages. Yeah. That's exactly what they are. It's like, oh, integrity? Behind the creator of the Mormon yeah. messages, BYU oh, centerfolds. Man. Like I said, sucker for running backs. Right? Leon White. Wow. There's, uh, so he's sitting on like a big old big rig truck. It's pretty pretty cool. And the license plate says BYU 41. It's like the old school Utah black and white yeah. license plate. Leon White was amazing. I mean, when you're talking about great linebackers, I think a lot of people say – Kyle Vinoy, greatest playmaker ever, maybe in BYU history, but you got to go back in time and respect some of those guys in the A's: Leon White, yeah. Kirk Gouveia. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. They were, you know, fantastic at linebacker. Leon White, man, he, I think he came out of San Diego and helped lead BYU to a 1984 national title. That that is a uh, great picture. Then it's got yeah. the number one in the license plate: Leon BYU. Um, like I said, my dad tells me all these stories about him running against the linebackers at BYU back in the day, and like. You know, my dad's a tough dude, and he would be like, yeah, Leon, like, Kirk, they, like, those guys could hit. Like, they could smash back in the day. And the pads weren't what they used to be. And Kirk Gouveia was playing all the way up until, like, the XFL, the first iteration yeah, of the XFL. Yeah, I remember that. So, like, he was, he had almost a two-decade-long career. Yeah. Kirk Gouveia was legit. God, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Didn't he play for, like, Las Vegas or Yeah, something? he played with the Outlaws. That's he was right. He Hate Me's teammate. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> XFL. Can't wait till that's back. Um, and there's this one. Oh, See, Robbie Bosco. It's Bosco just sitting on a desk, which is like whatever, but it's Bosco, which makes it pretty cool. And yeah. the desk says the boss is back. I got to say, though, Bosco, if he doesn't win the national title, does anyone view him as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever? That's the thing. It's like the title plus his like yeah. leg, playing on one right. leg. like. I don't know. Because in 84, I mean, it was the defense. I mean, mm -hmm, BYU's yes. defense. I mean, there was a lot of great – there was a great offensive line, great defense. But Bosco was good at it. coming out of California. He was a top recruit back in those times. But, uh, like, 85, his shoulder was so banged up he couldn't even practice. Yeah. I mean, and then he got, a, like, what, a cup of, cup of let's say, not coffee, water with the <laughs> Green Bay Packers. I mean, it wasn't very long, but – if he didn't win that national title, I don't know how he would be viewed in the hierarchy of BYU greats, but yeah. that's a fantastic photo so that, in the ahead office. Real quick. Um, speaking of quarterbacks here, let's this see one's this. pretty cool. It's, it's kind of corny. It's got a bunch of quarterbacks. <laughs> the blue-collar workers. Yeah. There's a sign that says men working, but it's got like <laughs> Tide Emmer, but it's got Covey, you know. just Bob Jensen. Right. And Ralph Martini. Holy cow. You see this, Zach? That's amazing. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. Wow. They need to do more corny stuff like this. It's they really do. Yeah. And then this one's my favorite. I'm biased, of course. Yes. Your uh, dad. It's my dad. Yes. This is my favorite poster of all time. It's hit, it. It's him standing in front of like a big monster truck, and it says Turbo Tongan on it, and he's wearing like a lava lava. Pretty funny. Wow. That's that is cool. awesome. Yeah. So- what was what was your dad's story on getting to BYU? Like, who did oh. did he have it down to just BYU or no, other so schools? The well, honestly, it was always going to be BYU yeah. because my grandpa is like super Mormon, like right. super LDS, you know, uh, to the core. And so when other schools like uh, like Utah, like Coach Mack came to my dad's house and. Um, just because it was BYU, my dad kind of knew he was going to go to BYU. Um, but it was like Utah. I'm trying to think of who else um, wanted him. I want to say like Air Force or something. Hmm. Hawaii, obviously, because yep. that's where he was playing. Um, but the funniest story that he told me about his recruitment, and it'll be really quick, <laughs> is uh, um, Norm Chow went to my dad's house um, to kind of woo them over again, talk to them, see how he's doing. Um and Norm Chow was talking to my dad about, you know, all the potential that he could have. You know, not only is it education, but, like, he could be one of the best running backs in, in uh, the whack back then or whatever. Mm. And he goes um, – after that, he leaves. And then Coach Mack goes and visits my dad, like, the next day. And my dad tells Coach Mack – and this is Mack that told us this story. Um, my dad tells Mack everything that Norm Chow was saying. And Mack was like – that guy's lying. You're not going to get the ball at all at BYU. And Coach Mack was like, if you come to Utah, you'll get the ball all the time. And my dad was like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. And uh didn't really work. My dad ended up going to BYU. That's so, great. It's just funny. That's awesome. Yeah, those posters, man. I, You know how to hit to the core of me right there. 
these I, posters. I've always been asking for new, <laughs> exciting, like creative posters like that. I love that. Yeah. And the so, KSL 1160 logo right there, yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's clean. Sweet. It's awesome. So We might need to do, maybe we'll do some throwback stuff. That'd be cool. We'll see what we can do this summer. We got some free time up yeah, ahead. So we'll yeah. see what happens. We'll see what we can do. But uh, speaking of free time, Mitch, I know you're plugged in to What's Hip, What's Cool. You know what's on, since you cover recruiting, you know what's on all the recruits playlists. We want to talk to you. One thing that we do with this podcast is we actually have like a Spotify playlist that mm. we add all of our guests, the music that they're listening to, and we'll share it out after each episode. And so we want to know what's on your playlist. And then uh, during your free time, what shows are you watching? Like, what are you into? What do you like to do? Because we like to tie pop culture back into this. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with TV shows, I I like anything that's like a... A crime, like documentary, like anything, oh, like okay. uh, anything of uh, like crime. That's it feels like it's white hot right now. Yeah. Anything crime related, like some murder mystery, I'm into that. Like I'll binge watch something like that. Um, like I love comedies. Like I, my favorite show ever is Eastbound and Down. Wow, okay. that's my favorite <laughs> show ever. I think that's Can, the first time we've had that mentioned yeah. on this podcast. Kenny Powers, Eastbound and Down. The League is one of my favorite shows ever. Okay, that that got shut down too quick. I think it still yeah. had a few yeah, more a seasons show. left in the tank on FX. Um, you know, but I, I feel like I, I watch um, I watch a lot of information based things, and that's probably not a surprise. Like you know, Sports Center or whatnot. Um, kind of the usuals, like all of mm-hmm. us do. Um, but you know, when I do, I, I love anything like a like a, a, again like a murder mystery thing that uh, I'm drawing a blank on it right now for some reason. The making a murder oh, show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything like that on on Netflix, I really enjoy. And as far as music goes, it's kind of interesting. I'm honestly to sum it up, I'm like a 16 year old high school girl. Like honestly, <laughs> like anything like top 40. Pop, I I really Love enjoy. It. Like I I like the new Katy Perry new track Katie, that just Katie, dropped. The new Katy oh Perry, Perry I like that. Is awesome. Okay, I'm she's liking back. that. This is the first good song she's had in five years. Yes, yeah. and I am That's going. True. I I will go off about this because I love Katy Perry. I had yes. the biggest crush on her in high school. Yes, one hundred percent to this day believe that Teenage Dream is one of the best pop albums that's come out in the last decade, and one of the best music videos. Interesting. Yeah. I would say... For California you, Girls. She was Sorry. on the cloud, I think, with that blue California hair. California Girls, yeah. Yeah, Dude, that I, just hit a certain way. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Like, Katy Perry's first album was pretty fire, too. Yes. Yeah, Hot and Cold. Yeah. Or One of the Boys, yeah. One of the one Boys. One of the Boys yeah. was that first album. Ah, dude. Anyways, that's I'm excited that's for this new album for her. I'm excited for Taylor Swift's new album. What about Billie like, Eilish? Have you been getting into Billie Eilish? Do you know who that is? I don't. Oh, dude. So Hema's always like giving me like these deep cuts of like <laughs> one like local bands and then two like hip hop and then three like reggae music. And yeah. So like when I start talking to music with Hema, um, I I am like a sixteen year old girl <laughs> because my wife listens to the same music as like sixteen year old girls. She loves like ninety seven one. Um, I am like still stuck in the nineties with like a lot of my playlists. Yeah. Um. Listen to like a lot of Pearl Jam, mm. um, Soundgarden, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, Third Eye Blind, Dude, I think it's great. See, Green I got Day. into Soundgarden from my favorite TV show, Eastbound and Down. Candy yeah. Powers is like, yeah. I used to party with the, the Spoon Man from the Soundgarden <laughs> videos. We had tiki torches, whole pigs. We'd party it up, and then he probably said a few words that wouldn't be appropriate for this podcast. Oh but uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy some of that. I, I love uh, like hip hop, uh, obviously. Yeah. Um, I love a lot of like. I also love kind of the. I don't know if we could say this, but like some sensual like some vibes. Like yeah. I love me some Chris Breezy, some R and B. I love Chris Brown. After hours, we're, I love it. We're, we're a all sensual about the, like, the slow night, late night jams <laughs> that are going on U ninety two. Our yeah. intro music is sexy as hell. Yes, it is. I mean, we got made fun of. I got made fun of personally for admitting that like my gym playlist consists of ABBA in the 18s. Oh yeah, that's do, true. You, you did get properly. Oh, I remember the 18s. Okay, the 18s yes. were awesome back in the day. And so between them, the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. I'm pretty sure they were fan. on Now That's How I Call Music. That's now no. now that's what I call Music 6. Now they're on like somehow that's still a thing. No, they're on like 70 something. I looked Jeez. it up the other day. Somehow that's still a thing. It like is I saw it pop thing. up on my Instagram like promoted thing. I'm like this is still going, and it's not at like 150. Like it's only yeah. like 75 or something. Yeah. Like you regardless said. of the fact that you know Apple Music and Spotify are a thing, right? And so, um, yeah. Who's still buying CDs over the TV? People in their 50s and 60s. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. That don't know how to work the 
the iPhones. I I don't know what this thing is. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, that's some good content. We'll put we'll put up your favorite tracks of of whatever you're listening to. I hope I the, I uh, gave you something list. decent to put on that playlist. No, we got something. <laughs> I think. Uh, what was it that Spencer introduced us to? Because it was something that neither of us had heard of. Yeah, it, it was, was kind of like um, folksy alternative rock. Yeah, I forget what the name. I can't was. remember what we'll it was. I have it, it written down somewhere though. Another but. another cut I like, and this is something that it's kind of weird, but it ties in with sports. That I I, I kind of everything circles back with sports <gasps> with me. Jock jams. Oh, yeah. Love me some jock jams. Jock jams are awesome. Anything jock jams, like I can get down with that too. Okay, let me plug something real quick that we just watched. It's amazing, and we love it. And I don't care. Who knows? The Lonely Island just came out. Yes, of the TV yes. Show. Um, thirty minute special. The Bash Brothers special. experience oh unauthorized. Have you seen that? I I've seen the trailer oh. for it with uh, oh Canseco gosh. and McGuire. Yes. I've been meaning to watch that, but I got I haven't watched it I've yet. I've seen it like ten times since you watched <laughs> it. <laughs> yes, we just watched it on Sunday, and I and I listened to the soundtrack constantly. Oh, it was it so, is jock I literally like lost it. Just Amazing. watching this, some of it was just completely. I mean, you know, the Lonely Island, like yes, they crossed the line. But some of yeah. the stuff was so jarring and unexpected, it was hilarious, <laughs> and I lost it watching this. And so, oh, definitely so recommend good. it. Just so you guys know, in case you don't know what the Lonely Island is, it's it's TVMA content. It's explicit. It's got that explicit label on yeah. it. So be careful. We'll, no kids in the car while you listen to it. <laughs> we'll put a track on our playlist that that's that's safe for work. Yes. They do have a yes. couple songs that don't say anything, but. Oh, yeah. So that's your next assignment. Mitch. Okay. Not not only are you going to cover BYU, but you're going to cover the Lonely Island for us just <laughs> just okay. this once. Awesome. But uh, thanks so much, Mitch, for coming on the show. It's been great having you. We'll have to have you on again for sure. No, absolutely. Let's, uh, well, let's make the invite official probably after uh, uh, BYU Media Day. Do yeah. a recap, I think. Sounds yeah. good. And uh, we'll have you on there. throughout the summer and talking BYU. So. Yeah. But uh, – Mitch, thanks for being on Sports Speed After Hours. Um, thank you for listening. I am your host, Henry Mooley Jr. and Zachary Hicken. Good night, everybody.